On episode 317 of the Tennis Files podcast, you'll learn five strategy lessons from 5-0 sectionals. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Welcome to the Tennis Files podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Mirban Iranshad. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the show. Really a pleasure to have you listening. And for today's episode, I'm actually recapping my experience playing in 5-0 sectionals this past weekend in Ashland, Virginia, which is pretty much near Richmond. People probably know Richmond more than they know Ashland, which is a smaller town around there. But uh, yeah, I. Had a great time there, and I'm going to give you five lessons that I've learned, plus some bonuses, because obviously I, I try to make you know what I talk about something actionable for you all so that you can implement and improve your tennis games. But I went this past weekend with my 5-0 team that I captained from Montgomery County, Maryland. We had won our local league against two other teams, which allowed us to advance the sectionals, and there were two teams there. One team from Northern Virginia and another team from Richmond, Virginia. So they had the home court advantage, which, um, well, I won't spoil it for you, but uh, we ended up going there on Saturday. Um, actually, arrived a couple hours before our 4 p.m. match. And the setup was that we would have two matches, one against each team, and then whoever either won both or won one and one on on the tiebreakers, uh, the, you know, the first tiebreak, which I think had to do with sets, uh, would advance to nationals and take first place. So yeah, I got there around two o'clock, uh, got a nice warm up in with the team. We just brought five guys total, actually was able to hang out with the women's team, which we're all friends with. So that was cool and practice on the same course. There were some high school tennis courts nearby the... Um, the facility. I think it was Randolph-Macon tennis courts or whatever that was, but uh, I think the college team plays there. So they were in pretty good shape. But yeah, the high school practice for about 30 minutes, and we arrived at around 3.15 to to the facility and waited to get called. Uh, All the courts were full when we got there, and so there was maybe a minimal backup, I'd say, because they can actually call you 30 minutes ahead of your scheduled match time. But in our case, I think we went on around like four... 10, 4.15, something like that. But yeah, the lineup was, uh, we had JB at number one singles, and then John, who's a super strong 5-0 player, uh, with Tomas, who's also a great player. And then I played with Frederick at number two doubles. Frederick uh, is an amazing doubles player as well, like uh, such great volleys. And so yeah, it was a super tight match. Um, My partner and I, we were down 3-5 in the first set to a couple of younger players from Richmond, from the team anyway. I'm not sure exactly where they're from. And actually, my, uh, my doubles partner knew uh, one of the players, who I think is a nephew of our friend. But yeah, we were down 3-5, and then we managed to reel off four straight games and win 7-5. 
the first set. And then second set, we got broken a bit early. Uh, I've noticed that my energy dipped a little bit lower. And so we lost that set 6-3, which funny enough, I had input 6-2, and we had to get that changed. And then the third set, uh, the third set, you play a 10-point tiebreaker, super tiebreaker in in other terms. And so fortunately, well, actually, (laughs) my partner and I, we were down 4-1, I think it was, and then 5-2, but then we managed to reel off several points in a row, get to 9-6, and then close it out 10-6. So that was fantastic. And so at that point, I guess like a few minutes before that, we had known that our singles guy had lost his court. And then we weren't sure about our number one doubles, but it ends up, uh, turned out that they had actually lost in the third set super tiebreaker. So we actually knew that we were down 2-0, but we also knew that every single court matters. As I mentioned, you know, if you go one and one but you can, you know, all three teams can go one on one and then went on a tie break of some sort. So we ended up winning our match and that was great at least, you know, and then we had a nice dinner afterwards. And the scheduling was a bit tough because Sunday morning we had to play at 8 a.m., but really it would be 7.30 a.m. is about when we were called because, again, the 30-minute rule of of being, being able to be called early. So we got to the courts around 7 o'clock. Luckily, we didn't have to go to adjacent courts to warm up as obviously there wouldn't be any <laughs> prior matches to 7.30 being on. But yeah, just a pretty early start. So, uh, But yeah, we, we dealt with it, obviously. Uh, we played Northern Virginia, and their singles uh, player was super tough, and our, our singles guy battled really hard, and that one was a close one. I think it might have been five and four that he had dropped his match. But then our number one doubles finished first. I think they won, it was two and five or one and five, something like that. And then my partner and I, Frederick, we won ours two and three. And it was actually kind of funny that, uh, not funny, I, I felt bad actually, um, you know, our opponents that, that we knew, a great player, but he could not serve normally. So he actually had to serve underhand. And yeah, if he was able to serve normally, I'm sure it would have been a much closer match, obviously. But uh, funny enough, he actually, the opponent who was serving underhand went up uh, and had game points a couple times that we managed to, to bring it back and break him every time. So that helped a lot. So at that point, we had won two to one against Nova, aka Northern Virginia. And then we needed Northern Virginia to beat Richmond. And if they, that happened, and if they beat them two to one, then we would be, we would win on sets, uh, most likely. But yeah, uh, unfortunately, Nova lost two to one to Richmond. Initially, I was really feeling that the outcome we needed would happen because we, the, the number one, or sorry, the singles player for Nova, I think, or one of them, uh, maybe the Richmond guy, they used the wrong scorecard side. So we thought that, that uh, Nova had won two first sets and lost one first set. But in fact, they lost the first set of, on two courts and then only won the one set on the other one. So yeah, Richmond won two to one. Congrats to them. And what was really cool was just seeing so many friends down there. I mean, obviously my team, but also from the other teams. Big shout out to Dylan from Dill Plays. Uh, you probably have seen him either on Instagram or my podcast interview with him, which I'll link that one uh, in the show notes, as well as uh, my good friend Juan from Tennis Fitness. Check out him on Instagram as well. If you search Tennis Fitness, you'll see him there. 
Um, and if you search Dill Plays, you'll see Dylan. And also, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just just super fun seeing them. Juan played for Nova, and Dylan, congrats, played for, for Richmond. And I have to say, both teams, all the guys that I met or played against, super nice. Like, very well-behaved, fantastic decorum. So I got to give a big shout-out to both of them. Just really fantastic. So, yeah, so that was pretty much a summary. I mean, on a personal note, I was very pleased with my performance. Uh, I played excellent, you know, except for that second set of the first match. Like I said, my, I felt like my energy dipped and I missed a few more returns than I normally would have. Also been working on my serve, took a, a lesson from a really good player here. So uh, shout out to Haiyan. So thanks for the help there, which, which helped my serve quite a bit. They had, you know, great players down there, but they weren't able to attack it nearly as much as before. And you know, when you serve and you're not on the defensive, uh, that's <laughs> really nice, especially at the 5 level. So, um, yeah, there's that. And, you know, on a team note, I'm also super proud of the boys. You know, the, the lads tried their best and we were just so close. You know, if we had just won a couple more points in that third set tiebreak for our number one doubles team in the first match, then we would have taken uh, the whole thing. But uh, <laughs> for any of you... <laughs> Two lads are listening. Uh, don't don't worry. Really proud of you, and and you tried your best. Uh, we also were missing a couple really fantastic players, as I'm sure you know. Each team probably has this issue. Uh, you know, all teams they probably aren't able to bring like everyone all the time. You know, so Patrick and Bartol are two like top level five O's that you know had they played, you know, things could have been different. But you never know. So yeah, yeah, just uh, really enjoyed that experience, but. With that summary, I just want to give you, uh, you know, I said five lessons, I think, in the intro, but I have five and a few bonuses because I like to over deliver. But I think, uh, I hope you enjoyed, you know, the recap, but uh, I want to give you now actionable items that I learned just from playing this tournament. And, you know, I guess before I get into them, you know, I hadn't played um, 5-0 sectionals in, in a few years, especially with the, the COVID going on and whatnot. And um, when it was four all, no, yeah, sorry. When it was like three all in the first set or something around there, I just was so happy with like, just in the moment competing, like I just loved it. So it was so, so fantastic. And I hope that you experience that when you play. But yeah, so here are my lessons that I learned. The first one is the importance of using the eye formation and giving your partner your, their preferred ground stroke. So we did this quite a bit where on my serve, we'd usually have my partner Frederick cross left so that I could have my forehand. Uh, my forehand is, you know, not to sound like overconfident, I guess, but uh, it's been on pretty much on fire lately. I mean, I've had a ton of reps. Just We had, you know, a lot of practices, playing a ton. And so I'm really feeling my forehand and just like being able to hit it and, you know, very heavily and deep and put the other players on the defensive so that we can get Frederick or whoever my, my partner is, if it, if it wasn't this weekend, you know, balls to poach on is huge for us, obviously. And then on the opposite side, when Frederick was serving, I would generally cross to the right because Frederick prefers his backhand. He's an amazing backhand. You know, he'll split step and move up and hit some sick backhand returns, especially down the line. I remember vividly, but you know, with that play, again, you're playing to your strengths, which is what you want, right? You want to be able to hit your favorite shots over and over again. This gives you the higher percentage chance to win. And this, this play, you know, the I formation and having the player cross to the opposite side of where you want to hit your, your shot, 
preferred stroke is so so easy to execute. Anybody can do it. You know, especially in the lower levels, it doesn't even matter. Like, let's say if you time it a bit, in, um, you know, if you leave a bit early and the opponent knows like, oh, okay, this space is vacated. I can hit to the other side. You're, you're still getting, the, the, the server is still getting their preferred stroke. So it's not a huge deal. But then, you know, on the opposite side of the coin, at a couple critical moments in, in, I remember in one of my service games, we actually called the opposite because the, the other team was getting used to a bit of, of us, you know, doing the eye formation to give the player their strength. So then on a few of, uh, I think two consecutive points we did when I was serving eye formation and then Frederick would actually go to his right and I would just commit to like to quick footwork to maybe try to get an inside out forehand. And it worked that I think at least one time Frederick picked off the volley and then the other time they missed because they were confused, like, oh, they're doing the opposite way and made them think. So again, the affirmation plus give the server their preferred ground stroke, really helpful. And then lesson number two is going after the weaker volleyer. So in both of our matches, it was really key to identify the weaker volleyer as we got you know, a lot more points against that player. For example, hitting dipping passes or just heavy spin to the backhand volley, things like that. And, you know, in each match, we had one player who had better hands, one player who maybe not so solid hands. And so that was just huge, you know, especially on important points, we could target them. So there's not too much to that, really. You just have to be perceptive and just remember, and, and you know, I, I would verbalize to, to Frederick a couple of times about that. And I think maybe he did to me too, you know, just kind of a reminder. Sometimes, you know, when you're in the point, you're maybe you kind of forget that. So if you just, you know, talk about it a couple of times and the reinforcement doesn't hurt. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Lesson number three is moving forward to the net when the opponent is backed up. And so I've always been, you know, a singles player at heart. Like when I, when I was a junior, I played, you know, 98% uh, singles tournaments. I mean, I actually don't even remember a doubles tournament that I've played. Eh, maybe I remember one actually. Yeah. Maryland State's got to the, no, won that one. Yeah, that was, that was cool. <laughs> but anyways, it's besides the point. So, and I probably didn't, I didn't play good doubles at that point, just baseline probably. But Frederick had told me, I think probably three or four times, maybe, I think three times where there were some points, any of these high level, you know, 5 doubles where he had hit a, a quite a good deep shot backing the players up and then I didn't close. And that gave the opponent more space to, to hit a dipper or kind of more space in between. So... You know, on those occasions, either I wasn't moving forward enough or I wasn't pinching to one side to where, you know, obviously if they're pinned to a corner, you want to shift more to that side so that you can, because uh, obviously like a cross court angle for them is going to be ridiculously tough in certain cases. And so it's just that kind of that recognition of um, your movement. Your movement is so key in doubles as we talked about in less, the first lesson. And so it was great to have um, such a 
you know, amazing doubles player like Frederick to to you know just m- mention that to me so that I can I could um, remember that you know and, and to work on that. It's something that I want to continue to work on. So again, just recognizing when you are on the offensive and your positioning and moving forward to the net or pinching to to one side when your opponent is backed up. Um, that's something to keep in mind. And lesson number four. Practicing no ad points really pays off. So in this tournament, as you can guess now, it, when it got to deuce, we we had to play no ad. So the returning side would pick who would return for on the no ad point, and that's that. And so we had three team practices, which I was really grateful that the guys came out, and that helped a lot because we committed to obviously playing no ad for for all of those practices and we came across as you can guess you know tons of no ad points each time we went out you know 10 plus each time well maybe not that many times but probably at least six to seven no ad points each training session that we had when we played a couple sets each but yeah we did that and then it really worked because i definitely you know, while, I, you know, there's always some sort of pressure, I felt way less pressure on the no ad points because we had been practicing that situation. So we had that sort of pressure feeling in the practices and that translated. So, you know, initially you're like, oh, okay, it's it's on me now. Like if I'm returning or if you're the net player, like, okay, I better be ready for anything, you know, want to win this point. But at at the same time, there was that recognition and calm of like, well, you know, this is no at point, but we've been practicing for this. And so I would say Frederick and I probably won probably like 60-ish percent of the no at points, if not more. I hesitate to say 70, but it was pretty high. Uh, it really made made a lot of sense to practice no ad and just in general practicing pressure situations, you know, practicing tie breaks. I've talked about this a lot with uh, Jorge Capistani in particular, because he's had these sessions on the summit and uh, and I think on the podcast too about pressure games. So yeah, just try to understand, uh, well, not try, figure out the format that you're going to be playing in in the tournament and mimic that format. And also, even if you're not playing um, no ad, I mean, it doesn't hurt to have uh, no ad Sometimes you play no ad, have the pressure like that. But yeah, in general, you know, just practice whatever format it is that you're playing. So uh, in the USA leagues now, um, you know, they're short. They, I actually can't remember when the last time it was that we played deuces. Again, because of the COVID situation, uh, just, you know, time flies. But I do remember, I think last year in mixed doubles, we did no ad as well. And it was gender to gender. So, you know, male served to male, female served to female. But yeah, uh, this this was huge because obviously, you know, if you have two no ad points, you know, it can change the tide of the of the of the match. You know, it can be it can be um, two all or it can be four zero. Because you can imagine how how critical that is to um, to just be confident in those situations. And also, yeah, as far as like you know who took it, I think it just it, it, you know you just want to think about um, who. Like obviously the opponent, like their favorite serves, and and I think it was mainly like who had been doing well in that service game, like who had been returning a bit better, and I think I think we might have tilted a bit more towards Frederick because you know players for some reason didn't realize like how good his backhand return is, 
Um, so we did do we did have him take the the no ad points a little bit more, um, but I took some as well, of course, and wailed on that forehand. So that was fun. And, and then number five is to schedule multiple practices before the tournament. And also, I'm going to add, which I don't have in my notes here, you know, schedule a practice like re- before your match too, like maybe an hour before. Or so, um, but yeah, you know, scheduling these practices. Um, especially for USA leagues, you know, you're just practicing with your pairs. So um, I had uh, John and Tomas against me and Frederick a couple times. And uh, we had JB playing singles with another teammate. Um, shout out to all, all my teammates. You know, it's just, it's tough, you know, as an aside, just uh, choosing who to bring, <laughs> you know, to play. And when we, with only having two matches, we just decided to bring five players for the the one singles line and the two doubles line, which which is what the format is for five o men's and women's, as well as I think two five as well. Whereas three o to four five, they have five courts with two singles, three doubles. So that's just you know very evident. You know, just um, the more practice, the more reps. I, as me especially, I'm a big, I'm heavy on reps. You know, I the more I play, the better I feel the ball, and I was. You know, I've been playing great, and I had a match uh, on on Monday, the day after our sectionals tournament, and I played really well in that as well. My intensity was still very similar to the sectionals tournament, and yeah, I was playing well. It was fun, fun with Ben. Won that one, one and four. But yeah, and then I have some bonuses for you. Uh, number one, uh, bonus number one is understanding what your opponent likes and doesn't like, their strengths and weaknesses. We talked about that a little bit actually with. Lesson number two, going after the weaker volleyer. But yeah, that, that's huge. Like, for example, I was trying to serve more flat first serves, but then in the second match, I actually found that our opponents were having trouble with topspin slash kick serves. Um, when my serve bounced high, for some reason, they were apt to, to hitting it out, I guess, because they had more flat strokes. And so I, I just I started hitting more um, second serves is my first serve with spin, and uh, that worked well. So you got to understand, you know, your opponent's strengths and weaknesses. Bonus number two, I'm actually maybe I'm going a little quicker now. I have uh, have tennis practice here soon, <laughs> but uh, timing the poach. So the higher the level, the more critical it is to time your poaches correctly. I actually found in the beginning of the first match that I was leaving a little bit too early on some occasions. Uh, I suspected. Uh, which allowed my opponents to avoid me at the net instead of being able to pick off their returns. So you do have to time that approach to where the opponent is already committed, you know, their stroke. So generally that's going to be, you know, right after the ball has bounced and then, you know, their backswing is, is starting to be initiated. That's when you want to just quickly move. So uh, that's, that's optimal. And then bonus uh, lesson number three is it's critical to practice your serve and returns for doubles. I've been, as I mentioned, I've been taking serve lessons recently and been making it a point to practice returns whenever I have a chance, even against warm-up serves, you know, against opponents, maybe just returning a, a couple. So yeah, that, that really was nice. Really helped a lot, you know, because I was uh, returning very well and then uh, serving much better uh, as well. You know, some made some adjustments, which maybe I'll talk about in a future episode. I'm sure I will. But yeah, the recap here with the uh, the lessons. Uh, number one, I formation plus give the server their preferred ground stroke and then switch it up here and there to confuse your opponents. 
Number two, go after the weaker volleyer. Number three, move forward to the net when the opponent is backed up and also pinch to one side in that, you know, in that situation as well. Number four, practicing no ad points really pays off uh, if that's the format you're playing you know, in the tournament. Number five, schedule multiple practices before a tournament or you know, regional, sectionals, nationals. And then the bonus lessons were understanding what your opponent likes and doesn't like, i.e. their strengths and weaknesses, timing the poach correctly, and it's critical to practice your serve and returns for doubles. So yeah, that is it. Uh, again, really proud of our 5-0 um, men's team for getting second place, narrowly making sectionals despite missing uh, two of our, our strongest team members. And also shout out to the 5-0 ladies i actually think they were dc and i forget but you know friends with them and they they got second place too i uh, just ran up against a really tough team i forget if it was again i'm sorry for getting all the details but might have been richmond that won that too but um they had a, a really good uh singles player that you know from who played in college recently and yeah just too good but yeah and then who else shout out to four five ladies they won uh, and they're going to nationals. Got a bunch of friends on there, so you know who you are. And yeah, that's about it. So I really hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode. And uh, it's just, again, super fun to compete. Highly encourage you to get into the USA leagues. If you are not in there already, you're going to meet a lot of you know, great people from uh, from a similar skill level and also other skill levels. We have, you know, leagues that also mix up skill levels. So that's super fun. Combo, tri-level, all that stuff. So those are the, actually those two leagues I mentioned are the ones coming up. Some mixed high tri leagues. So just there's no, no shortage of leagues, which is, uh, which makes it fun. So Hoping to get the band together again next year for 5-0 and run it back. And it'll be very interesting, especially with the Richmond team having to, I guess, break up with the three-person rule. Um, it'll be, again, you know, it'll be very interesting. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I would like to run it back, um, as you can tell. But that's it. And thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you did enjoy the show, I would love it if you would leave a review for the show. You can do that by going to tennisfiles.com slash Apple Podcasts with an S at the end. Uh, leaving a review on that platform, Apple Podcasts will give the biggest impact to the show in terms of um, divisibility and, and views and whatever. So uh, yeah, but a review in any format, of course, is appreciated. You know, leave it there. Uh, you know, another platform, Spotify, Google Podcasts, DM me, email write me a letter. Actually, maybe not write me a letter. Um, I don't feel like giving my address out. Um, but yeah, so thanks a lot. And oh yeah, I want to leave you with a quote as I do at the end of each show. And this one is by Doris Lessing. And Doris said, that is what learning is. You suddenly understand something you've understood all your life, but in a new way. Really love that quote. Yeah, just trying to think what else. But uh, yeah, we've got a, a really cool interview coming up next episode with Benjamin Kate, great player, top player from uh, this area, and now playing it uh, at UNC. And he also played the qualies at uh, City Open a few weeks ago, just met him randomly um, when I was practicing for sectionals and uh, excited to, to present that interview to you. So have a great one. Keep improving your tennis game. Uh, pick a lesson from today and implement it and have a great one. 
Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Tennis Files podcast. For more tips to help you improve your tennis game, visit TennisFiles.com.